Hi, welcome to the Carnivore Stories podcast with me, Alyssa Grubner. The carnivore way of eating completely transformed my life. And it's stories just like the ones you'll hear on this podcast that kept me going every step of the way. I hope you're ready to hear an inspirational carnivore story. I know I am, but first, let me tell you about the meat-tastic t-shirts I have for sale on my spring store. It's a great opportunity for you to become a walking billboard, if that's what you're into. And it's a great opportunity for you to support your new favorite podcast. You can find a link to the spring store in my bio on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I'll also put a link to the store in this video's description on YouTube. So check it out and get some carnivore swag. All right. This is episode 20 of the Carnivore Stories podcast. Today, I am joined by 33-year-old Yekka from Bastrop, Texas. You can find her on Instagram at Eat Meat Queen, where she's sharing all sorts of tips and information about living a very healthy lifestyle. Thank you so much for joining me today, Yeka. Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah, so I like to jump right into it. Can you give some background information about your life, your lifestyle before coming to the way you live and eat now? Yeah, so I grew up eating a standard American diet, like most of us. Um, we did eat at home sometimes, but we also ate out at fast food a lot. Um, I was always the overweight one in my family. Um, and so I started dieting at a really young age. I started doing all the crazy diets. Uh, I want to say when I was around 15, I, I got close to 200 pounds in high school. And when I saw 199 on the scale, I was like, uh, okay, I got to do something about this. <laughs> and so that's when I started doing all these different diets. And, you know, back in the day, it was like crazy stuff. Uh, the first diet I did was the lemonade diet, where you pretty much just drink lemonade for a week straight, sweetened with honey or maple syrup or something. And, and I still ate other stuff, but it was like very small amounts, you know, like I would eat a corn dog at lunch or a bag of chips, you know, or like a small bag of chips or something like that. But I did lose 11 pounds, um, but, you know, it was still, it's not a, a really uh, sustainable way to lose weight. Um, and then when I got older, I moved to Austin about 11 years ago and I started, I wanted to be healthier. And so I was like, you know, what? I'm going to eat more vegetarian foods because that's, you know, what everyone thinks is healthy. And so right. I started eating more vegetarian and I was like, but I was eating like macaroni and cheese, French fries, grilled cheese, you know, like super processed foods, not really like healthy either. Um, I didn't really see any change in my life, in my weight or anything like that. Um, but I did just stick with being plant based. I was going to culinary school when I moved to Austin. And so the only times I would really eat meat were if we were cooking meat in the class. Um, and sometimes we weren't like, sometimes it was, it was all just like breads and grains and things like that, depending on what section we were in. Um, but I always limited my meat consumption. Um, and then I started eating more whole foods. I, I, I quit going to the fast food restaurants completely. Um, and then I started to eat more whole foods, cooking at home, going to the farmer's markets, still limiting my meat consumption. Um, but the, the first thing I did when I, once I did that, I cut out gluten, which really made a huge difference. And once I cut out gluten, I was like, okay, I'm gluten-free. Like I'm not going to eat gluten. And, you know, and I would try over the years to try and eat gluten here and there, but it just never ended up good. And then I, I was staying plant-based. I did paleo. I did plant-based paleo where I would eat meat, like maybe once or twice a, a week at it, if that. Um, uh, but when I did eat meat, I tried to make sure it was locally sourced. I worked in the farmer's markets for like four years. And so I got to build a connection with a lot of ranchers in the area. And so I always try to make sure that my meat was actually at least good quality. 
but I was eating all kinds of crazy vegan stuff, uh, like the dairy-free cheese. I was still eating dairy, but I would still like try the, the vegan cheeses. I never, mm -hmm. I never, uh, once I went to like paleo and, and like plant-based paleo, I didn't do seed oils. I cut out seed oils. I didn't do soy. I, I recognized that I had a soy sensitivity early on. So I didn't do soy. Um, and then I, I didn't don't do cane sugar. So I have diabetes on both sides of my family. So cane sugar, I just cut it out and I noticed really bad side effects, even when I eat just a little bit of it. And so I, even when I was plant-based, I didn't do all that. Like I didn't do the soy uh, patties, the meat patties. Uh, if I did get patties, it was usually like a homemade one or uh, there was like a couple brands that were just like vegetable, actual like vegetables and stuff like that. Um, and then I had mm -hmm. ended up losing weight, cutting out gluten and starting to eat more whole foods and uh, incorporating like bulletproof coffees and teas in the morning. Uh, but, uh, but then I actually started to gain back the weight when I was plant-based paleo, because as a chef, like I love to cook stuff. And so I was cooking all these paleo desserts with honey and coconut sugar. And I was like, oh, well, it's natural sugars. I can eat it every single day, all day. And so I actually gained back a bunch of weight. I never had a scale, so I couldn't tell you how many pounds I had gained, but I could tell you that I wasn't mm -hmm. in the same size clothes as I was before. And so I had gained back a bunch of weight. Uh, I was struggling with candida for years and I had tried all the natural remedies. I even tried like uh, prescribed med medication and nothing would make it go away. Uh, some things worked temporarily, but I, I started recognizing that it was certain foods that would trigger it. And so I started looking into candida diet and I was reading that they, they let you, you know, eat mostly meats and vegetables and some fruits because they were saying that it feeds off of sugar. And I was like, well, if it feeds off of sugar, why would I want to eat any fruits? And so I had had some friends tell me about the carnivore diet, but when they told me about it, I was like, that's stupid. You need fruits and vegetables, you know, you have to eat those. <laughs> and so it wasn't until like about a year later when I was researching candida diet that I, and I had that realization. I was like, well, if it feeds off of sugar, why would I eat any fruits? So let me look into this carnivore thing. And it, that was in 2017, 2017, there was not really that much um, information on the carnivore diet. And so the, the best thing I could really do was find success stories, but I just dove right into these success stories. And I found one where it was similar to mine, where she had been dieting all her life. Uh, was struggling with weight gain and candida. And she was like, well, if you've tried all these other diets, why don't you try one more? Like, what's it going to hurt? Mm -hmm. and I was, what? I'm going to try it for 30 days. And Kelly Hogan also, uh, she was the second story that really stuck to me. That was, even though I didn't, you know, have relatable issues, like other than the weight gain, uh, you know, it, it was still an amazing story to come across. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to try it. I just like kept reading everybody's like posts on Facebook and stuff like their experience and just kind of like seeing how it works for, for other people and, um, you know, doing diets my whole life. I'm always experimenting on myself. So I've, I had been used to doing detoxes, detoxes where, you know, you feel like crap for a few days, but then you feel better after you're done cleansing. And so I noticed that was a kind of a thing with carnivore that you might go through like keto flu and, you know, electrolytes weren't really talked about that much on the forums that I was following. And so that was like one mistake that, that I recommend for anybody that's starting out carnivore, definitely consume lots of electrolytes. Uh, I did not mm -hmm. know about that. And I had keto flu for like about two weeks and I just like felt horrible, but I knew that I just had to push through the adaptation. And once I did, I just, I woke up one day and it was like, they, they called it uh, on the page of that, they called it zero carbs in, where it's just like, you're happy all the time. Nothing can upset you and everything's great. It doesn't matter what's happening. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I tried it for 30 days. And before I had fallen off a couple times the first 30 days, but I just went back to it the next day. And uh, before the 30 days was up, I was like, I'm going to try this for two months. And then I'll, and then I said, I'm going to try this for six months. And then like before that even happened, I was like, okay, I'm hooked. <laughs> wow. Wow. That okay. So in 2017, that's when you you started experimenting and you did that first month. 
Yes, That's... yeah, April 2017 is when I started Carnivore. Okay, and so your adaptation, you, the biggest thing was the electrolytes that yeah, you, you I had that keto food. So much water, and you know, I didn't need to drink all that water if I had just added electrolytes. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, and then something you said that you had like aversion, like issues with cane sugar and soy. What were some of the signs that? those were giving you a problem that you were like, okay, well, I need to stay away from those. Yeah. So, uh, with, with the soy, it was, I had, I was working in a Thai restaurant and so, and they also offered like gluten-free soy sauce and we would always have like a family meal. Um, and so once I cut out gluten and started eating more whole foods and eating at home a lot, I wasn't, I just cut out soy because I was reading about how bad it was. And so I cut it out And then I started noticing uh, when I would eat family dinners, like I would still eat the soy at work because it was, you know, like a family meal. Um, I started noticing that I was just getting brain fog and I was just, I was a server. So, you know, as a Mm. server, you have to be on top of it. Like your mind has to be able to focus and remember people's orders and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I was just, I just remember like standing at the drink station, like not being able to think clearly. And I was like, what is happening? And I, and I always revert to what did I eat? Um, because yeah. you know, I, I, once you start cutting out foods, it's easier to pinpoint what is giving you certain side effects. At least for me, it is. And the, the foggy brain was a big one. Um, that, that was the main thing that I got from soy. And so I like stopped, I really cut it out. Like I was really strict with it. Um, and then I tried to reintroduce it. I was also, I, later on, I was a chef, um, at the farmer's market for this little business, uh, doing meal prepping and, um, the owner, he wanted to have like a Korean dish. So he had his Korean friends come to our kitchen and, you know, they just cooked with regular soy. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, and my, my boss, he had known that I was allergic to soy and, um, Mm-hmm. I was just eat, I was just going to eat it anyways. You know, I, I didn't want to be rude uh, to these, you know, there were like guests in the kitchen and they were showing us their traditional Korean recipes, how they make everything. And they just use the regular like cucumin, GMO, wheat, soy sauce. And I just, I was eating it. It was delicious. It was super good, of course. Um, but I was, I was eating it. And I remember my boss, like, I was just like standing there, like in the kitchen, I'm really fast paced. And he, I was just standing there, like kind of staring at the food I was supposed to be prepping after they had left. Um, and my boss was like, are you okay? Like he could tell something was off that like I my even my speech was kind of slowed down. Um, and I just, I really couldn't think clearly. And my boss like noted, noticed that after just eating a, a meal with soy, like it was like immediate wow. side effects. Yeah. And then with wow. the cane sugar, I cut out cane sugar and then, um, Whenever I try to reintroduce it, like even something like with one or two grams of cane sugar, I just, uh, the next day I get depressed. Like, and I'm not, I'm not a bad person. Like um, I, I, and so that's something why I have, why I really noticed it. Um, And also acne, like I would get extra acne, even though I don't normally get acne, like I would just get like extra acne. Um, But yeah, the, the depression was like, I was really moody like mood swings. And I'm not, I'm not that kind of person. And so even if I just ate a little bit of sugar, like the next day I would be like, why am I like on the edge, like, or all moody? Like, um, but I will say something I forgot that was uh, kind of important before I did carnivore. I didn't know I was in depression, but I was in depression, uh, after I gained a bunch of weight and carnivore actually lifted me out of depression. Uh, and then I was like, Whoa, I was depressed. I had no idea that I was depressed. And, um, you know, I just, I didn't care about my life, my relationship, my job. And then, uh, one that day when I woke up with the zero carbs in, I was just like, wow, like I can actually take control of my life and change all these things that I don't like in my life. Uh, and it was, it was really, it was really great. (laughs) Yeah, I, I have like pretty much the same experience. Like I now looking back, I'm like, oh, wow, I was really, really depressed and very, very anxious. And I knew that I wasn't like feeling that great before, but then like you said, that zero carbs in and it, and it was like, oh my God, my eyes are open and I'm alive for the first time. It was, 
really a cool, cool thing to experience. Um, okay. So I know that you focus on really high quality meat, um, in, and you're in touch with ranchers and farms and things like that. Do you, do you ever eat lower quality eggs, like eggs that might have been fed soy or the chickens were fed soy? Um, yeah, so I still try to get pasture raised eggs, even though sometimes they are probably still fed soy and corn. Um, yeah. and then we're going out to eat, uh, I'm a little bit more lenient because it's really, really hard to get quality stuff. Even in Austin, uh, a lot of places use, do use good eggs, but they're still cooking it in the seed oils. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but like for me personally, I do try to get, uh, pasture raised eggs at least obviously any eggs is better than not getting eggs. Uh, you know, if you can't afford it, yeah. I definitely still recommend just get the cheap eggs. It's, you know, they're still, yeah, just, just get the cheap eggs and don't go for the ramen noodles. Just get the cheap eggs. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, but I, for me personally, just coming from like a plant-based, like I tried raw vegan, I tried vegan, I tried vegetarian. Um, and so like, for me coming from that background, like I still have a lot of the same beliefs that I did when I was plant-based. Like I still want to support locally and better quality mm-hmm. uh, food practices because it's better for the earth. Like I was, you know, like a super hippie, like I cared about the earth and the, and the yeah. planet. Um, that's why I really try to, um, spend like, that's what my money goes to. That's my health insurance. I invest mm-hmm. in my health. And so I don't mind paying $6 and it's just me too. Like I, I understand like with families, with people with lots of kids, it's definitely harder to mm-hmm. be able to afford that kind of stuff. But, um, for me, it's just me and, you know, I make enough money where I can, I can afford to pay for six or $7 a dozen eggs. And, you know, and I'm always shopping around for local ranchers that provide affordable meat as well. So there's definitely a lot of ways that you can save money being able to support better practices in the meat and Mm -hmm. and egg industry. Um, But it definitely is work. You know, you do have to do research and you might have to drive an hour and a half to a ranch to to go get the better price stuff. Uh, But if you buy in bulk, you know, you can save and it's worth it to me. Um, because it just, it is better for the earth and I'm not, you know, I, I do eat for my health, but I also care about the earth around me. Um, and so that's why I really, really like to support local ranches and farmers. Yeah. So coming from that background of, you know, vegan, I'm going to save the world. How did you, did it take a a lot to learn like, Oh no, actually the way I'm eating can still be good and even better for the earth than eating vegetables and fruits that were imported from all over the place. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, before I, um, I did carnivore, I was still eating meat. I was plant-based, but I would eat meat about once or twice a week. So it wasn't like I came from a, a super vegan Uh, background, even though I have tried vegan and raw vegan before, um, I was still, I still knew, you know, that good meat was good for you. Um, But yeah, once I started getting into Mm -hmm. carnivore, I was reading about the monocropping and learning how many little critters die when they, when they harvest olives or soy or wheat. And, you know, and especially uh, when, once I started getting into doing like a cow share or buying local meat in bulk. I was like, well, I'm literally just eating from one animal at a time, you know, like every so often, you know, if I just get an eighth of a cow, that's every, you know, couple months or so. Um, and so I was like, I'm literally, you know, it, it, I had a really open mind. So, you know, I was just totally all into it. And, you know, re- it, I realized that, you know, eating less vegetables also like eating meat only, I didn't have any food waste. I, everything, mm-hmm. I didn't get, have anything go to waste. Um, whereas before when I worked the farmer's market and I was plant-based, I would come home with so much produce, like literally a 50 uh, pound crate full of produce. And I would get all the kale and I would make the spinach smoothies and I would make kale chips and I would make veggie patties and I would make like vegan queso and all kinds of crazy stuff with all this produce that was free, but I had to throw away so much 
produce at the end of the week, every single week. And it was me and my boyfriend at the time. And between the two of us, we couldn't even eat all of that. And it was just, there was just so much food waste. And, you know, with meat, you can just freeze it and then pull it out whenever you need it. And, you know, just eat, pull out whatever you need. Um, even when I do meal prep, you know, everything gets eaten up. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I learned quickly uh, about the monocropping. And that's one thing too, that when I first started, a lot of the vegans would, you know, come attack me on my page and I'd be like, okay, but like, what about monocropping? They're like, their argument back to that is like, oh, you have to choose which life you want to live. It's like, what? It's like, okay, well, I'd rather choose the life of one cow than millions of little tiny critters that are like, I mean, they're all cute, but <laughs> you know, like I would rather kill one cow than a bunch of cute rabbits and mice, you know, and little squirrels and foxes. Right. And, um, you know, that's just one thing that it's just, uh, it's something that just doesn't click with them for some reason. I, I always say it's that they, they're lacking cholesterol because they don't eat it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like that now, I mean, switching over this way of eating, I feel like it's really opened my eyes a lot. Like what you were saying about the sugar and how that was affecting you. If you eat it, you know, you're depressed and think about all of the millions, billions of people in the world that are probably just like you and they're eating so much sugar every day. And they don't even know that, you know, if they didn't eat sugar, they wouldn't feel so crappy. You know, they'd be happy people. People don't think about, but I think about a whole lot now that, you know, what, what you eat really, really determines how you're, how you're feeling overall. Yeah. And I know like, it's a big thing now, uh, where carnivores are introducing fruits and cane sugar and stuff like that. And, you know, it might work for them or, or it might be working for them now, you know, mm -hmm. but the, the fruits, I, I understand, like I, I'll, I'll eat some fruit sometimes, but I really have to limit it. Um, but the cane sugar is one that I, I don't agree with at all. Uh, I've seen a study where it, it, it literally like depresses your brain. Like it makes your brain depressed. Um, and there's yeah. just, and it ages you faster. I, like, I don't care what anybody says, like it does age you faster. And mm -hmm. I'm just talking about cane sugar uh, and beet sugar also. Cause that's, that's really highly processed. A lot of uh, a lot of products have, it's made from beets, GMO beets, and it's super highly processed. And this is stuff that I learned in my plant-based days. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I learned this when I was like super hardcore carnivore. This is stuff that I've known for, for years and years now um, about the cane sugar and, you know, or the beet sugar. And it's like just super highly processed and even the organic raw sugar. I've tried it. I've tried all the different kinds of sugars, uh, cane sugars, and it's mm -hmm. still same result uh, as far as making me moody and depressed the next it's usually the next day uh, one to two days is usually how long it would take for me to notice a side effect if it wasn't immediately yeah um so so you're pretty you you try to stick you know with the foods you know that works that work for you and that's how I am too like now that I know certain things just don't work for me I'm like no I'm not going to mess with that. And, you know, it can make social gatherings and uh, interactions kind of awkward. Have you had, have, has, have your family and friends been pretty supportive or have you had any pushback? Yeah. So I don't really have family out here. Um, and I've, ever since I started getting into the health scene, I always try to like push it on my family, but uh, I don't know if you, if you've tried to get your family to do stuff, but family is the hardest. They are the yeah. most difficult to convince. <laughs> you can be a living, breathing example of what you're talking about. And, you know, and, uh, and they still won't take the advice, you know, it's, you can only lead a horse to water. And so family mm -hmm. has been really hard to convince. Um, and so I kind of like gave up on that. You know, I did, I bought paid for so many supplements and, you know, all these things, different alternatives for them and, you know, just for it to not get used. So, mm -hmm. but my friends over here, they were, they were pretty open about it. They weren't like, they didn't like have their noses up at me or anything. I did have one friend who he was a vegetarian and we would just have conversations and like, I wasn't trying to push carnivore on him at all, but he was just asking me a lot of questions and I was just telling him my experience and uh, yeah. how, it, how I felt. And, and then he, he eventually ended up uh, reintroducing meat. He started out with bone broth and he said that it was just, 
that the energy was just so high, like he, that his body was like buzzing just from Mm -hmm. drinking bone broth. And he was like, I can only drink a little bit. Like he had to ease himself back into eating meat. And even like once he started eating steak, cause he works at the farmer's markets too. So he only gets like grass fed locally sourced. And so he was like, I can't, I can't eat that much of it. Like I just, I get too, it's like too much energy. And so like he had to like really ease into it. Um, but I have noticed my friends over the years, definitely eating more meat because I mean, everybody loves meat. So we, and we would have like family dinners and I usually bring more than one dish just because I love to cook. And so I would just like come up with these crazy things and, you know, like some crazy cheese dip or something like that. And, um, and the queso. And so I would always bring a bunch of like meaty stuff to the family dinners. And, and then, and then we just started having like dinners where we would just grill a bunch of meat. And then that was like all we ate. <laughs> Everybody would bring oh, different yeah. kinds of meat to grill. Uh, and so, yeah, I've definitely noticed my friends uh, have eaten a lot more meat. Uh, than they used to before. So that's really cool to see because, you know, even if you don't go strict carnivore, just upping your meat intake, it's going to do like wonders for your health. And, you know, you're just going to feel better overall. And there's going to be less room in your belly to eat other junk food. For sure. For sure. Um, So what all do you include in your diet now? So now I'm actually starting to do more like cyclical eating. So I'm trying to go with my uh, cycles of the month. And I, I have a, like right now I'm I'm doing more carnivore. Um, And so some days I eat strictly carnivore. I just eat meat. Sometimes not even, you know, just like straight meat and maybe butter. Um, Yeah. But I have a small list of foods. It, it's really random, like mushrooms are okay. Uh, peppers, onions, and tomatoes, I'm okay with. I, I recently started to do cucumbers, but I noticed I don't do well with the skin or the seeds. So mm-hmm. I have to peel the skin off and I have to scoop the seeds out. And then like just the meat of the cucumber, I do okay with. Um, and then what, oh, potatoes. As long as the skin, there's no skin on the potatoes, uh, cause that's where most of the oxalates are. I'm really mm-hmm. sensitive to oxalates is what I noticed. So like, I can't do spinach, not even a bite of mm-hmm. spinach it hurts my joints. Uh, that was actually another thing when I, uh, before I did carnivore uh, and I was plant-based paleo, I, and I was in my mid twenties and I was having a horrible, horrible joint pain. Uh, my hip, my tailbone and my knees, where if I would bend down or or squat down to pick something up, I would be stuck or my hip would get locked. And I would mm. just have to stay like bent over like an old lady for a whole minute just for the inflammation to go down. Wow. Uh, and same with my tailbone, like it was just like excruciating pain where I just could not move until the inflammation went down. And, and then with carnivore, I like, it was almost like I didn't even notice it just like disappeared one day, all the inflammation just was completely gone. And, mm. you know, I blame all those kale and spinach smoothies yeah. and the, the grain free, like seed loaded and, and all that kind of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I used to, I used to make all the dark, I love dark, like I, I actually liked the way vegetables tasted. Um, but I noticed after carnivore that my taste buds did change. And now I don't really like that many vegetables either. I don't like the taste anymore. Like sweet potatoes. I used to love sweet potatoes and beets, um, but beets are super high in oxalates too. And so mm-hmm. like, and now my, so I'm really sensitive to oxalates. I try not to do oxalates and the hardest one is chocolate. That's the hardest yeah. one. Um, <laughs> to not eat. Yeah. So I'm trying to like, look, look into, or I can do white chocolate, like the cocoa butter part, but I can't do like the, the cacao powder. I can't do the fiber Uh part, but I can do the fat of the, of the chocolate. Um, so I've noticed like, it's, I, I just like always experiment with different things. Um, and those are mostly, mostly the things that I eat olives. I can do olives too. Okay. Did you ever experience any oxalate dumping? Uh, I think so. I think that was part of like the keto flu. Like I didn't have any, um, joint pain, like oxalate dumping side effects. I think it might've been Mm -hmm. because I like did fall off of carnivore a few times the first month. Uh, I, I remember eating, I, cause I used to just get the pure chocolate, 100% 
chocolate chips, uh, some organic ones. So there's like no fillers, no sweeteners or anything. And I remember I had been doing carnivore for like a couple weeks and I literally ate three little tiny chocolate chips and I was bloated. And I was just like, I literally just put chocolate chips, like what the heck? (laughs) Um, And so I think like for me, like testing little foods like that throughout my first month or so that it might've helped mitigate the oxalate dumping. Mm Um, and so, yeah, usually when people ask, I, I, I recommend to wean into carnivore. That way you reduce the oxalate dumping yeah. and other negative side effects. It's better to just add more meat to your plate and slowly reduce the, mm-hmm. the other foods that you eat, um, to that way you don't get the oxalate side effects. Cause I know it can be really, really bad and really painful. Yeah. I, uh, before coming to carnivore, I was like, I was a walking oxalate. Like that's like all I ate. <laughs> I would, I, on a daily basis, I would get those big boxes of spinach and I'd make a salad with that, with, I don't know, something crazy on there, like some seeds and stuff. I don't know. I can't remember bad nightmare. I don't want to remember it, but <laughs> I was, I had a lot, a lot in my system, a lot built up. And I didn't experience any oxalate dumping until maybe six months in. And then it just hit me like a train. And it was, it was really bad. Um, like my, my big toe on my right foot was like swollen. And like, I was walking with a limp and I remember being embarrassed because it was like Thanksgiving time. And I could see people looking at me like, "Hmm, I wonder what's going on with her. But I'm like walking with a limp because it was that bad. Um, and then at the same time, I think I, there were like some, I get, I'm thinking they were like oxalate crystals. Cause it was like these hard, hard things coming out of my face. And, um, and I'll still get one or two from time to time. And also at that time, I all of a sudden had a huge amount of tartar built up on my teeth. Um, which I, I believe because this was all like a syndrome going on for like a month that it seemed like I was just dumping all of this out, but it was, it was hellacious and I was, it it was, I'm glad it's over, but it was, it was not fun. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's crazy. All the things that like come out of our body when our body's trying to get rid of all the bad stuff. Um, yeah, I did a lot of detoxes and cleanses when I was plant-based and, Um, I still do some every now and then now, um, just to, just in case, you know, to clear stuff out, especially from Mm -hmm. eating out, you never know what kind of cross-contamination is going on back there. I've worked in kitchens for so many years. I know how it goes in the back of the house. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I just, you know, detoxing every now and then, even though you eat a clean diet, you know, it's still good to do like an extra, you know, we, we have so much information out nowadays that, you know, we need to take advantage of these little biohacks and these little things that, that we can do like that, that doesn't, um, that isn't just eating good food. You know, there's so much more that we can do now. Yeah. So when you feel like you need to detox, what's something, what, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So, uh, lately I've been doing charcoal, activated charcoal, coconut, Um, I'll do that for like a few days or depending on how I'm feeling or if I've eaten, if I know I've eaten bad or something like that, um, I'll, I'll do like three days to a week. Um, Mm -hmm. and then I have these ozonated magnesium pills that it, it's actually not a magnesium supplement. When you take it, it turns into oxygen. So it like supplies oxygen to your intestines and it kind of, um, the company I get it from, they kind of say it's like an oil change for, for your intestines mm-hmm. and it's clearing things out. Um, and so I'll do that for a few days as well. Um, but charcoal has been the main thing that I've been doing lately. Um, and then I, I've heard that bitters also is good for detoxing. I tried it once. I definitely had some detox effects. I had, I had fallen off of carnivore, um, for about a year after I went through like a really bad breakup and then got laid off when everything was mm-hmm. getting shut down. Um, so I did fall off of carnivore and I actually gained 40 pounds off of eating just a gluten-free diet. Um, and so I got back on for this year, early this year. And so I'm, I I don't have a scale still, but I I think I'm at like around 20 pounds weight loss of those 40 pounds. Okay. 
Um, and so I, I, I could speed it up, but I just don't want to make it unsustainable. So I'm just yeah. trying to, you know, stick to foods that I know. And um, since I've been doing the uh, eating with my cycle, I've definitely been noticing uh, my, P- like, I don't have PMS symptoms. Like this, this yeah. was uh, cycle was like the easiest that I've ever had. And I used to have really bad ones too, where I would have to call into work because the pain was so mm-hmm. bad. Um, and they were super irregular and all over the place. And, and yeah, I just remember like curling up into a, a ball on the bed a lot. Um, and all of that, you know, regulated with just diet. Yeah. Yeah. My periods used to be horrendous. I mean, it was, I remember being in high school and having to excuse myself from the class so that I can walk down the hallway like a woman in labor because I was feeling like that. Um, can you talk a little bit more about eating for your cycle? Like, do you do you have a little bit more plant foods in one part of your cycle than the other or more fat or what, what does that, that look like for you? Yeah, so uh, pretty much um, like I, I just started getting into it. So let me see. So like when you are, we have a few different phases throughout the month. And so like when you start your period from the first, the first day to like up to two till you ovulate, mm-hmm. uh, I try to stay pretty carnivore. Um, and that's when I just try to get more protein in, you know, like fats is always, all uh, fats is no problem, but I don't need to overload on fats. And that's just what wor- wor- works best for my body. Um, and then when I, around ovulation time, I do eat a little bit of carbs, um, like maybe some potatoes or, or something like that. Um, I allow a little bit of plant food around ovulation time. And then leading up to my period, I try to eat more fats, um, eat more fatty foods. And then like right before my period, I eat carbs. It's like, mm-hmm. and I'm, and cause your body does require more calories, uh, before you you, uh, have your menstruation because your body needs all that extra energy to get rid of everything. And, um, right. so like, I notice my body, like I get hungry, I get super hungry. And so mm-hmm. I eat all the things I eat protein, I eat carbs, I eat fats, like, and I, and I like, don't restrict myself. Um, and, yeah, that this was this last month was the first time that I like had done it for a couple months. And yeah, like this last period was just like super easy. Like I was just a little tired the first one and two days, but there was like no, no pain or anything, just a little bit of bloat and a little bit of tired. And I was, you know, I was off those days. So I just like stayed at home, you know, and just went outside and just took it easy. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of like what I'm following now. So I have a, a uh, period tracker on my phone, you know, there's so many, all of them are good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just kind of what I use to help guide me on, on when I need to be eating what. Yeah, that's, that's so awesome. Cause I, I feel like that's something that a lot of women neglect to even think about. Cause I mean, we are kind of like four different women, you know, yep. during, during the <laughs> cycle. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of health advice out there, but, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize like men and women are different. Like men can fast Mm -hmm. all they want, you know, and there's also certain times that are better for women to fast too. Like after your period, once your period starts up until ovulation, you can fast all you want pretty much. Like you could fast for days. You could fast that whole time if you wanted to. Um, but you know, before your period, when your body needs all those calories, you really shouldn't be fasting. Like you need to be making sure you get enough, nutrition in and, and, and enough calories. Like I don't count calories, but I'm just saying like, you just need to make sure you get enough food. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely that when, when you're about to go on your period, you know, your body is kind of like, well, we might have a child we need to develop. So it's, yeah, you definitely need that extra food for sure. Um, what is your favorite food at the time at at the current moment um I'm always making up new different things uh I did just pick up a bunch of longhorn beef from a local rancher and like I I haven't I've had longhorn before and it's just it's a little bit different than beef um but I've just been eating burgers 
a burger patty with cheese. I get the organic American cheese. I don't know why I love American cheese, but I do. <laughs> so I get an organic brand. Um, and yeah, I've just been eating a lot of burger patties lately. And it's just, you know, it's cheap. It's so good. Like I could eat. And that was what I started with carnivore too, was longhorn beef burger patties. And I could just like eat a burger patty with cheese. Like I don't even need yeah. anything else. Uh, as long as it's cooked right, seasoned right, it's got some cheese. And sometimes I don't do cheese. Uh, I'll just do the burger patty. Um, and I do make uh, butter mayo. And instead of oils, I just use butter mm -hmm. and then you refrigerate it. And it's so, so good. Um, and so sometimes I'll put that on my burger too. And um, uh, recently also I started making Maria Emmerich's protein bread. I don't know if you've seen that around. I have. Um, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Uh, but be prepared because you will be addicted. It is so good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is super, I mean, it's just egg whites. So, you know, you yeah. can eat as much as you want of it. Um, but yeah, it is, it's really good. And it's almost like real bread and it looks like a real bread. It's so crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how she came up with it, but it was so good. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of like a mad scientist genius when it comes to <laughs> all those things she comes up with. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've made the butter mayo before, but I, once I put it in the fridge, it got really hard and it wasn't spreadable anymore. Do you take, do you take it out? No, um, I do add a splash of vinegar. Okay. So okay. Vinegar, but I do add a splash of white vinegar or, you know, whatever vinegar you like. Um, and so I think that might be why, um, either vinegar okay. or I'll put mustard, Dijon mustard, um, or some okay. brown mustard. And that might help and also. Do you know what the egg to butter ratio was? Oh, I think I did like a stick of butter and I don't know, maybe two egg yolks. It was, it was a while ago. It was a while okay. ago. Yeah. I think maybe adding the vinegar or mustard might actually help. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It just kind of like helps keep it soft. Cause yeah, mine is, it's, it's soft. Like it's, it's not like mayo consistency, but it's mm -hmm. definitely like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a crazy delicious soft. Okay. Well, I'm going to try it again because my, my daughter, she really likes like tuna salad. And for a while I was buying her like, um, the mayo that was just made with avocado oil. Mm -hmm. Um, because anytime she has like canola or soy, I haven't narrowed it down to one or the other, but I know it's one of those. She breaks out in these crazy, weird, splotchy rash. Um, but she misses the mayo. And I, so I've been using avocado instead, like making mm -hmm. her tuna salad with avocado. But I'm going to try it again. So uh, you think a stick of butter, two egg yolks, and then vinegar? You think that'll... Yeah, like a teaspoon or so. Um, okay. That should help. So you mix the, the vinegar in with the egg yolks first and, and okay. like blend that up first and then add in the butter. Um, okay. But yeah, that, that should definitely help. I would think, um, I was going to say too, another thing, I use the sour cream in when I make like tuna salad and chicken salad and things like that. Oh. Um, if I don't have butter mayo or if I like only have a little bit, I'll use like half and half or mix it up. But yeah, okay. sour cream or like Greek yogurt also. I like the sour cream taste better though than yogurt. Okay. okay. But yeah, that's another thing too. Okay, good tip. Zoe's going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I, I was going to ask you, um, you mentioned that the candida, candida was um, remedied through carnivore and you had some weight loss and improved mood. Are there any other unexpected benefits that you've gained from this way of eating? Yeah, I also had the joint pain that disappeared. Pain. Um, and then I used to always have like short, brittle nails. They would always be like dry and peeling around the edges and like mm -hmm. working in kitchens. I just, you know, I was just like, whatever, like I have to have short nails anyways. And so uh, I noticed my nails and hair were just like growing like crazy. I was cutting my nails once or twice a week. Like they were just growing like crazy. Yeah. Um, and then over the years I noticed my hair, I used to have really thin hair and like, I still have kind of thin hair, but it's way thicker than it was before. Um, and 
my nails, like, I don't know if you can see on here, but I have like long, strong nails and like, they don't break, like they have not broken. And I don't even know how long now, Um, but they used to break and, you know, like peel sometimes like, and now they're just like super strong nails. Uh, I get to keep them long. They don't break. And that was, that was another thing that was really crazy too. Um, And I started noticing I was getting muscle in my arms and I didn't work out like, and when I was reading about carnivore, they're like, don't work out. If you don't regularly work out, your body's already adjusting to a new way of eating. Like if you don't work out, like don't add it in yet, like until you feel better. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is awesome. Like I don't have to work out and I get to eat as much meat as I want. (laughs) Like I was so excited. And, uh, yeah, I started noticing, like, I didn't have any, um, at all. And like, I noticed like muscles in my arms and like, all I was doing was working in a kitchen and the farmer's market, you know, like I would pick up some crates, but it wasn't like all day. I would just like pick up a crate once or twice a day. Um, Uh and crazy. I saw the, the muscle definition without even working out. And the weight was just melting off. Like people kept asking me every week. They're like, oh my God, what are you doing? Like, oh, you're losing. Uh Like, what are you doing? Leaving so much weight so fast. Um, And it was just like literally melting off within the first few weeks. Um, I will say now that I'm older than 30, it is harder to lose the weight. (laughs) Uh, And so that's why I've been trying to eating with my cycle. And and I think that's really going to be a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is the coolest thing that I, cause I remember when I first started going low carb, cutting out carbs, I didn't, I didn't do carnivore right away, but I wasn't exercising and I didn't have any plans to, but all of a sudden I did get the urge to like, I got to move, I've got energy and I want to do stuff. Um, do you work out at all now? Yeah. It took me about two years of healing, uh, before that okay. one day I was like, okay, I want to do this. Like I'm ready. And I had tried to work out before then. And I would like go into the gym and I'd be like, you know, working out. And then I would just leave in a more, in a worse mood. And I'd be like, and then I'd go back again. I'd be like, no, it's like all in my mind. Like I got to change my mindset. Like this is Mm -hmm. good for me, you know? And, and I tried to do that, but I was just leaving the gym, like pissed off. And I was like, that's it. Like I'm taking a break from the gym. And so it had been about two years, a little over two years of being carnivore where I actually just like. I was like, okay, I'm going to try the gym again. And I tried it and I loved it. And like, I started out with little eight pound dumbbells mm-hmm. and like, now I'm up to like 20, 25 pound dumbbells, you know, depending on what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, I, I do. I love late weightlifting. I don't really, I'm not into cardio. Um, I like, I, I follow mm-hmm. some keto bodybuilders and like whole food bodybuilders. Um, I don't know if you follow Danny Vega or Mauda Vega. She's not a bodybuilder, but um, they're really big into, you know, building muscle and things like that, especially on a ketogenic or carnivore way of eating. Mm -hmm. And so I followed a lot of their stuff and paid for a couple of their programs and the way that they do it. It's just like, it's the way like they do, like, I like to do uh, heavier reps where you don't need Mm -hmm. to do many reps, you know, like reps and uh, you know, you get more work done in a smaller amount of time. Uh, The one thing that I did notice though, with keto and low carb diets, when you're working out, like you do need a longer, um, break in between sets because Mm -hmm. it takes a little bit longer, uh, for our glycogen to be restored. So I take like a two minute rest in between each rep. Um, and that's what, that's the time that I've noticed for me works best. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. I, I I would say I don't time it. I just kind of wait until I'm like ready to go, but I would, I would think it's about two minutes between each set. Um, but I, I, I feel like carnivore or any animal-based way of eating goes hand in hand with lifting weights and building muscle while the, the rest of the world would definitely say, no, no, you need carbs. I, I've never been able to build muscle as, um, efficiently as I have since going carnivore and not having any carbs. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, the last thing I wanted to ask you is you mentioned the electrolytes that that was uh, a piece of advice you would give to anyone starting out. Do you have any, any more advice you'd give to someone thinking about trying carnivore or just starting out? Yeah. If you're definitely thinking about trying it, 
I really recommend to ease into it. It would just make it a lot easier for you and your body and probably your family and friends. Uh, if you just slowly start incorporating more meat and slowly cut out the vegetables and other junk. Uh, but don't forget to replace when you cut out a cup of rice, like make sure you add in more meat. I've had a lot of people where they'll just cut out all the vegetables, but they're still only eating a four ounce steak or a six ounce mm -hmm. steak. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you have to replace that food with more food. You can't just cut it out. Um, so definitely, you know, once you get to that point, make sure you add in more meat. Um, and even though I'm really big into sourcing locally and, you know, that's just, that's just who I am. And because of my background, uh, I just prefer, and I'm able to, you know, afford it and I like it. And so, but if you can't afford it, like, don't let that scare you away. Like still the grocery store meat is better than buying a box of cereal. Like, mm -hmm. and, and it's okay to eat hamburgers and steak for breakfast. Uh, you know, a lot of people worry about, you know, like, well, I don't want to eat a burger in the morning. Like, trust me, if you're hungry, you will love that burger. Um, oh, yeah. And like, I, there's a lot of recipes too, for people that like to cook. Um, I was a volunteer for Sean Baker's website. Uh, I think it's carnivore.diet now. Uh, it used to be meatrx.com and you can go to either one. It'll take you to the same page, but yeah. I donated a lot of my recipes. So I have like 80 recipes on there, I think, but there's a, a oh bunch more recipes too. Yeah. I have a lot of recipes on there. Um, and so and there's a ton of other recipes, like everything, like there's even a couple dessert recipes, sauces, like quick and easy stuff, um, slow roast stuff, all kinds of crazy stuff on there. Um, but yeah, th that's a great place. There's a lot of free information on there. Um, and there is also where you can pay to become a member and where you get extra perks. But all the recipes are free. Uh, there's a lot of free um there's a lot of free information on there. And then you can also try it for a month for free uh, to be a member. Um, after that, it's $15 a month. And I, they do like Zoom calls every day. Sean Baker does Zoom calls on there every single day. So if you wanted to get on a face-to-face -face group chat with Sean Baker, like you just become a member and you could do that. Um, and there's a lot of other experts on there as well, doing different kinds of Zoom calls and there's all the success stories as well on there. So if you have a specific mm -hmm. ailment, you just put success stories on there. And on the side, it tells you all the different uh, ailments that people have had experience with. And they'll, they'll have this, you just click on it and they'll have some stories related to that on there. Yeah. Those success stories, they are so powerful. That was like the, that was my whole catalyst. That was what got me to try carnivore just listening to all success stories, reading all of them and really gaining confidence with each one that I, that I saw. Yeah. Yeah. They're well, awesome. Yeka, this has been an absolutely lovely, lovely interview. It's so nice meeting you today. Yes. I, I hope to do it again sometime. Yes. Thanks for having me on. I had so much fun. That's it for today. Until next time, stay meaty stay strong and stay inspired. Do you have a carnivore story to tell? Connect with me on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I would love to interview you and the world needs to hear your story and how meat heals. Thanks so much for watching and all your support. Bye-bye till next time.